Hello and welcome back to See You at the Movies. It has been months since I've done an episode and I am very excited to do this one with a lot of friends. Um, you could say I brought a squad with me. Ha ha ha. No. <laughs> you tried. Yeah, it, I just meant to be cheesy on purpose. But uh, as you can hear, I have some friends with me. Um, we're just going to get right into it because we are very excited to talk about this movie. Um, if you couldn't tell, we're going to talk about uh, 2021's The Suicide Squad, um, written and directed by James Gunn. And before we get into the movie, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my friends. Um, I'm going to go from top to bottom here on my list. So first off, we have my partner uh, of seven, eight, however many years. I don't fucking know anymore because whatever uh <laughs> wow rude <laughs> we have teddy from from beyond the crypt podcast hello and you said my name wrong oh it's- excuse me <laughs> ted nanui ted nanui i guess is how you would say nanue whatever he's our king shark yes <laughs> i'm the dumb himbo all right. <laughs> so we have Teddy. Um, we also have Polka Dot Man, aka Bryce from Reflections of Fear podcast. Hello. Yeah. I feel like I'm the Polka Dot Man of the group, so I'm vibing with it. I thought you were going to be Rat Catcher. Um, I mean, Rat Catcher's cool, but I feel like I probably vibe with Polka Dot more on a personal level. But I okay. do love Rat Catcher. Rat Catcher's my favorite. We'll talk about her. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, next next we have Yusef from Sounds from the Grave podcast. Hello, hello. Happy <laughs> to be here. Yes, I'm very happy to have you all. And last but not least, a new face, a new friend of mine. Um, now, we have Laquita. Um, do you have something you want to plug? Hi. Yeah, no, but I didn't get the memo that we were naming ourselves after characters so i'm gonna go ahead and just take the lead character i'm gonna be blood sport hey Hey, that's what's up hey okay awesome so uh i will have you guys also plug uh, at the end of the show your projects everything you're working on so if you want to think about that for now and think about what you want to say later uh we will absolutely do that at the end um, but for now, let's go ahead and talk about the Suicide Squad. So what I'll start with, um, since we kind of already mentioned some of it, uh, I'm just going to do a quick couple of questions we're going to run down. Uh, and then we'll kind of just conversate about the film. Um, so first question, some of you already answered this question, so but we'll do it again. No problem <laughs> at all. Uh, who are or is your favorite character? Now, this could be anyone that you maybe relate with or just somebody you wish you could be like or anything um so we'll start with teddy um so this is gonna be hard for me because like there's two like characters that i absolutely love in this movie one of them was a sleeper um i'm gonna say rat girl i guess i know my name is 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 ted nanaway but like rat girl was like honestly the probably the most developed character in my opinion and like she wasn't even necessarily a villain, you know, and, you know, given the whole parental situation with her, I kind of relate to that. So I don't know. Everything about her just screamed like things that I'm into, I guess. <laughs> Rats? No. No. Robbing I mean, a bank? <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will absolutely die for fucking Sebastian, though. That's fair. He's the best. <laughs> All right. So that's who you picked? You said two. Well, the other one's King Shark because he's, you know, a dumb himbo 
He reminds me of Hassan. Oh my you know? god. Yeah, yeah, kind of special like that. All right, <laughs> uh, Bryce. Um, so I kind of go back and forth between two outside of Harley because I think everyone loves Harley. Um, Ratcatcher two, uh, I think, is the heart of the film, and she's my favorite. I think she has the most development with Bloodsport, at least. I think they have the most development throughout the film, but. I love her, and then obviously love Polka Dot Man. I love that we were able to change, like, a really cheesy, stupid character from old school comics and make him interesting and more developed and funny and possibly gay. But yeah. we'll get back to that. Yes. All right. Yusuf. Uh, yeah, my favorite character was was also um, Polka Dot Man. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, of that actor to begin with. And... I, I was just a big fan of all the self-deprecating humor and like all the suicidal jokes. I just thought they were really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing with the, with his mom just killed me every single time they did it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great, too. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that because I do want to deep dive kind of in, into this character a little more. Um, but for sure. Uh, what about you, Laquita? Uh, this is so hard. I like them all. I like them. I even like Weasel. He's so cute. Yes. <laughs> I even like Weasel. Um, but if I had to pick one, uh, obviously Harley, but you can't say Harley Quinn, right? So I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, obviously, King Shark is great. As well. All of them are great. This is horrible. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say... Um, Actually, Agent Waller, she was yes. amazing. Listen, oh I do God. not, I do not relate with this woman. All right, let me just. <laughs> she is as bad as uh, what's her face uh, from Harry Potter. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yes. Umbridge. Yes, yes, Dolores Umbridge. She is as uh, she's as bad as her. But I would say Viola Davis did an amazing job playing her. Just from some of the looks that she gave, I wanted to like hide under my seat. So <laughs> yeah, I'm she gonna, was fucking I'm scary. Yeah, yes. yeah, she definitely was. So I'm gonna go with Waller. Absolutely, she's fantastic. Now, I actually really enjoyed her performance in like the 2016 Suicide Squad, but I think she was even scarier and more savage in this one. Like, absolutely, uh, it was great. Um, and she's the good guy, by the way. Just so right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, as good as just a government official can be. True, true. The, yeah. the official worst bad or worst good guy in anything. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, So obviously, you know, everyone in the world knows who my favorite character is, but I'm not going to go with that, of course, just because, um, and that's Harley, and and I'm glad we all didn't go with her. I'm glad we all, like, focused on someone else. Um, I would say, this is hard, actually, if I'm not picking her. Um, I agree with Laquita. I really enjoyed everyone, and I think there was a lot of good character development in this film, especially with Ratcatcher 2 and Polka Dot Man um, and even Bloodsport like ugh, I feel like I don't know this I, I don't know I can't pick I mean <laughs> as long as you don't say Peacemaker I think we're all good you know what unpopular opinion I thought John Cena did a great job John Cena I, did it, a great job that's why John Cena did a great job that's why I hate Peacemaker so much perfect exactly um, John, John Cena's a good heel wrestler you know he right, was back go. in the day. Here's my answer. Blackguard. 
Pete Davidson. <laughs> Get out. Leave right now. Okay, I'll, that, we can cancel you for that okay, one. but also Savant. Let's, I was really sad Savant wasn't in it longer, to be honest with you. I love Michael Rooker, and I would have loved to see more of him, but it's understandable. So He served his purpose. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm surprised more people didn't say Weasel, especially with like how far like uh, Sean Gunn went. Like with his motion capture outfit, I, I love, love him. him. I love him. I don't care about his crime. It's <laughs> it's so it's, cute in a weird way. Yeah, it's like it's like up there with like Andy Circus performances. Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I always love Sean Gunn. He's he's great. Um. All right. So we have our favorite characters. Um. Let me think, because I had another question. What was Okay, here we go. Out of the characters who died on the beach, which one would you have saved? Oh, boomerang, boomerang, Easy. yeah, boomerang. Wow. Everybody, <laughs> not all at once. Damn. <laughs> Wait, okay. I feel like Laquita has a different answer. No, I don't. I have the same answer. That's why I'm annoyed. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You said? You know oh no, bo- boomerang. Okay. By far. That's yeah. fair. He got the shittiest death. He really did. Like, I expected him to be in this longer, honestly. Yeah. It died because oh, somebody decided they were going to, you know, jump on a helicopter like they were, uh, you know, Vin Diesel at, you know, Universal. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Mongal. Jesus. Yes, yeah. I love it. All right. Well, there was that question. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's two deaths in this film that I have a problem with. It's Boomerang and Polka Dot Man. True. Okay. If if I was to say another person uh, for the beach, I would probably say TDK. Yes. <laughs> I love Nathan Fillion. I'm like, I just want you to be in everything. Me too. I How he so died much. was great, though. They were shooting his, like, detached arms, and he's just <laughs> on the ground screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know. He was fucking wild. I did not know. What does it mean? Something. something. Oh, the, the detachable <laughs> kid. Detached kid. He can like take off his arms like a like an old GI Joe figure. Yeah. And I like how they said you have. Wait, that's your name. It's just letters <laughs> or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's my name. <laughs> and letters can be names. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all letters have names, dickhead. <laughs> that's so good. Um, there's one thing I wanted to ask everybody. Did you know that Peacemaker has a name? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Christopher it's, Smith. It's uh, really going to blow your mind. He also has a spinoff, but you know. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Cena. He has the world. What do you this is I true. know, but of all the characters we could have spun off, why did it have to be Peacemaker? Yeah. I, I realized I messed John up my joke. Cena. Do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. I messed up my Can joke. we just have like a Dexter type weasel show? <gasps> oh my God, please. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to know what happens to Weasel at the end. Wait, he's going to kill kids, but like kids that no, kill but, kids? Uh, no, but like maybe he maybe he meets up with like let's say he meets up with like King Shark for like an episode, you know, they run around or something and you know, maybe it's like an animal villain episode. Okay. You know? oh, yes. cool. <gasps> I'm game for that. What if they bring Weasel into the Harley Quinn animated series? <gasps> oh my god. Oh boy. They don't even have to bring him in fully. Just have him run across the street like yep. in a window. <laughs> exactly. I would cry. Oh my god, I'd love to see that. That would be great. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm not going to go through the whole film because I find that to be a little boring and I do that too much. So what we're going to do instead is just kind of have a conversation about the film. So if you're listening right now, obviously I should have said a spoiler warning at the beginning um, because we kind of already talked a little bit about characters, a little. Um, I will post it in the show notes, though. But So yeah, if you're hearing this now, definitely huge spoilers coming. Um, But yeah, let's proceed. So just a couple of fun facts about it. Or not fun facts, but the the standard facts, excuse me. Um, So far... The budget was 185 million. So far, we've made 18, or it's made we, it's made 18.9 million so far. Um, I expect it to surpass its budget eventually. Oh, easily. Probably just U.S. numbers, I would guess. Yeah, not to mention they probably haven't over there in China. It'll it'll like bump up hard. Oh yeah. Yeah, not to mention we don't have numbers on HBO Max yet. Right. This is true. This is true. I, keep I wonder. I wonder how many people subscribe to HBO Max just to watch it. That is true. Yeah, and, and the thing it is also hard right now because of the pandemic. Excuse me. Right. So adding those numbers in from HBO Max will definitely be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of, personally, in my opinion, the best DCEU movies that we've gotten. Yeah, I would say it's oh, yeah. with Birds of Prey for me. Yeah. Oh my god, I love Birds of Prey. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I have to sit down and do my list, because everyone else on the internet has already done their <laughs> list. But I feel like it's just, the DCEU is no is not consistent enough to have a list. Nope. Like, they can't even be consistent between, like, movie one and movie two. Yeah. Mm. Like, look at Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, we don't need to have that yeah. conversation. <laughs> can, we, can we not? <laughs> Although... If I were to bring a villain from any other DCEU into the Suicide Squad, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah is more than welcome to. Hmm. I still have yet to see 1984. I'll, I'll, I'll give you points for that for Cheetah. Like, okay, I, I'll agree with that. The best part of 1984. By honest. far. <laughs> I love, yeah, like I said, I still have yet to see it. Um, but yeah, it's distributed by Warner Brothers, uh, written and directed by James Gunn. Um... I have been very excited about this movie for a long time. Um, I was excited for actually the first one. Um, Same. I don't care that people think it's horrible. I I have a like a soft spot in my heart for the first film. Um, so to know that, you know, it was going to maybe be done a little bit better, and by someone who did the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is which is literally my favorite two movies from you know the Marvel universe, uh, made me very happy. So, um, he did not disappoint. I will say that. Um, this movie was great, and I can't wait to go see it again. So, we will just take a deep dive. So, like, I'm trying to think where we should really start. Um, so, should we, you know, obviously, we were told a long time ago when James started teasing this movie that do not get attached to anyone, right? <laughs> uh, he was ready to kill everybody, and he did that. Well, yeah, on the movie poster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love how he says "don't get attached," but we almost immediately got attached to almost every character. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, it's oh like, yes, a lot I... of us watched the first movie, and so we had certain people we liked from that. You know, yeah. some of them, you know, boomerang. Yes, uh, <laughs> had to die right away, and right. um, you know, even not even that. It's just like that he used a lot of like well-known actors too, and so we were excited. Yeah. 
and um like so pavilion and i have a whole theory on like why captain boomerang died not necessarily from like a like a writing perspective but like story lies on like how it makes sense uh i was telling cc this the other day but at the end of the first suicide squad movie even if they're not necessarily canonically like linked or whatever mm-hmm. everybody that amanda waller sent on that beach that didn't have edris elba and all of them they were sent there specifically to die and at the end of the first fucking suicide squad movie he literally was sitting there fucking screaming and talking all this nasty shit and being disrespectful to Amanda Waller. So I'm pretty sure she knew everybody there was going to be dead. Like, I mean, on that part of the beach. I don't know if she sent them to die. They were definitely a distraction, and there were going to be a few deaths. But it seemingly would have gone better had, you know, Blackguard not sold them out like he did oh god um because that's I mean, what he was a stupid he was a stupid idiot from like the 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 non-fucking scenes like he freaked out about fucking whatchamacallit possibly being a werewolf oh. <laughs> so <laughs> i most definitely convinced she definitely put him in a situation where he was gonna die <laughs> oh he, i i don't get what the end game was for him because he still had the chip in his head so yeah i, I, yeah. I don't understand what the end game was right I don't know, but I was just happy to see my five minutes of Pete Davidson goodness because I I was happy to see his face get blown off. Yeah, I was gonna say until he got his face blown off. Whatever, okay. That's my man. I mean, story wise, Boomerang getting killed sets it up pretty well for the audience to realize that anyone in this team can go. Oh yeah. At that point, because it's one of the ones that we actually know that Normally, you'd be like, yeah, he's going to survive because we already know him. And in reality, no, he's one of the first to die. So, like, yeah. everyone's free to die in this movie. Yeah, like, I was I was just like, okay, wow, this is this is going to be different. First five minutes, it was <laughs> yeah. It, it, it like, fucking popped off. Like, it got nuts really Before fucking title fast. Sequence. Yes. Yes. I do, I do think I have to put a disclaimer on here. Cece already knows this, but... Uh, I'm not the biggest DCEU fan, so for me to have watched this movie and loved it, which I liked the first one, so I, I, I mean, it wasn't the best, but right. it wasn't Justice League. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It wasn't a CGI <laughs> mustache. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. So if there's anyone that's Marvel that thinks they're not going to like this movie, it was a solid movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, it's Guardians of the Galaxy on crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything you love about Guardians of the Galaxy is in Suicide Squad, but they made it DC. Yeah, and, and rated R. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Rated definitely R. rated R. For That's all the best reasons. Thank you for that because I wanted to bring something up. Um, being a horror fan, I was very impressed with the gore. The amount of gore in this movie was fantastic. Personally, mm-hmm. um, you'd saw like bones and like. All kinds of shit. Like, mm. Fucking out of King people. Shark ripped the fucking guy in half. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, not even that. Just like looking at the the actual practical effect of uh, the like the Pete Davidson puppet with its face blown off. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. I I loved it. I love how like, oh, I just love how gory it was. Um, being a horror fan, so it was like even horror fans can enjoy this personally like i'm not a huge action fan i mean i'll watch superhero or anti-hero or 
you know, not heroes at all movies like that, but like I'm not normally a big action fan. So for me, it was really cool that he didn't hold back on the gore, and I thought that was great. Um, and mm-hmm. even with action, what's nice about this is it seems like every scene, even action-wise, was well planned out. So it's not like quick cuts. Like you actually get to see the full fights and everything. Yes. Like you actually get to see stuff happen this time around. Which I feel like a lot of action scenes are quick cut, so you don't actually get to see the fight half the time. Right. No, I agree with that too. Yeah. And it was like it was it was nicely paced too. To where it wasn't just, you know, happening every five seconds. Like there was still, yeah. you know, stuff that needed to happen story wise. And, you know, we had it was a great blend of comedy, action Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little, you know, it was very genre bending, and, and and that's what I also liked about it. Oh yeah, like even even some of the draw like drama aspects of it were were interesting too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It was actually very dark and very serious in certain points, and I really appreciated that too. It knew when to be dark and when to be funny. That's what I think a lot of movies miss. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it allowed like the new team to breathe. For like the first half before we brought in everyone else that we know and love basically yeah mm-hmm. oh my god that fucking camp scene with rick flag was so fucking good <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever because you had the tandem action scene fighting they're working together they're doing yep. what they need to do whatever you know you feel good about it and then it's like oh they're, they're the good guys. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we didn't see what happened. They were dead. Yep. And again, it's a, that perfect mix of the action and the comedy because you have all these act completely insane action sequences, but it's also just watching a pissing contest between Bloodsport and, and Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is like the perfect mix. It really was. It was great. It was hilarious. Like- and... Is it the first time you see Polka Dot Man use his Polka Dots, I think? Uh, yes, when he breaks down that Gar Tower, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was great. I was dying, like, when he, like, Idris Elba wakes up in the middle of the night, and he fucking just looks <laughs> over, and he's, like, throwing up the fucking Polka Dots. Oh, yes. my God, that was In the bushes, weird. and it's, like, lighting up. Or, or when they first notice, he's like, it's just a rash. He's like, what kind of rash is that? <laughs> yeah. I know, he looked really weird. I was like, what the heck? Because I didn't know like where this character was going to go at all. Yeah, I had no clue what the fuck like anything about him, really. Well, I mean, in the comics, that's not how he works. So I think even people who know the comics were just kind of like, what are they going to do with this character? And when that yeah. happened, you were kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is cool, I guess. I hope what? he gets his own comic book series based off of like this iteration of him because <laughs> I would actually read them. The only thing Polka Dot Man really did for me was every time I saw him use his powers, I just wanted to go bake a cake. You know the fun fatty? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! god. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I feel like he'd be a great person to have around at raves, especially if he hasn't, you know, gotten rid of those uh, fucking oh, yeah. Yeah. gods or whatever. He just lights up <laughs> and just shake them around like a glow stick. <laughs> but that boy cannot dance for his life. Oh my god. Oh my god, right? <laughs> Who dances worse? Him or uh, John Cena? Whatchamacallit from uh, the Friday the 13th movie. Oh god, Chris oh, my god. <laughs> oh my god. I think they're like on a, almost on the same level there. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
John Cena, on the other hand, he was he was the equivalent of a dad going to a club and trying to dance. Absolutely. With his little crop top that he had. <laughs> well, it wasn't supposed to be a crop top, but it looked like one on him. I mean, oh. good for John Cena bringing the crop top back. You know, it's about fucking time. Speaking of, can we talk... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> can we talk about the underwear scene? The tidy whities The tidy whities Listen, as a gay man, James Gunn gave me everything I needed in this film, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not complaining that I got to see the outline of John Cena's dick. I'm just oh, saying. Oh my god. I can't stand you all. But no. It was just great because he was attention like he was Captain F in America. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tidy yeah. Granted, it was not hard to miss the outline. No, it was not. I was no. like, he said real? Captain America had, may have America's ass, but I've got America's dick. There you go. <laughs> Trademark that. Trademark that. Yep. Peacemaker has America's dick. Yep. That whole scene is a wild mess because it's supposed to be a personal scene with King Shark, and you're like, oh, and then you just have all this (laughs) going on around it. (laughs) That's why it's chaotic, and that's why I love it. Yeah, this is the most manic film I think I've ever watched ever. Which I love because it's right before that you get King Shark trying to eat Ratcatcher. Yes. Exactly. Which then, which is what leads to the dramatic scene. Yeah. Like, not even that. It's like you just got finished with the beginning scene, which is all all crazy as hell too. But can we talk about how Sebastian? He's so cute, but Sebastian <laughs> is a is a straight up snitch. He snitched on everything in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that really little is. rat. Well, he, oh, 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 I get it. It's just quick. He's a little rat. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite Sebastian moments. This is going to a different scene, but is when Peacemaker has the gun to Ratcatcher, and he's just trying to talk down Peacemaker, and he's trying his hardest, and it's just so cute. Aww. You know, yes, I'm not Sebastian. a rat person. I can't stand rats. I'm actually blood sport in that, in that way, because I'm terrified of rats. Um, but this movie, most times, okay, there's like, I'm just gonna get personal for a minute, but like, most times I watch a movie and there's a rat in it, you can ask Teddy. I will not look she at the will screen. freak the fuck out. Absolutely. I, yeah, I will not look at the screen. I will freak out. But I feel like the way I'm assuming they use CGI for like the round, like the main like floods of rats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they made it so fluid, it didn't freak me out. It was just like it. It almost looked like a water, like you know, like a wave. Like yeah. you know what I mean. And the way they did that was really cool, and it didn't freak me out. And I think. I'm assuming they used probably like a real rat, but also made it CGI for Sebastian. Yeah, probably. They had a like prop rat. Yeah, which, which I love those behind the scene pictures of. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wearing the little glasses and stuff. Yeah, and like he didn't even freak me out either because he was just cute and like he had a personality, and I guess that's why. Like it honestly made me. I don't want to say I like rats. Still, it's never, <laughs> I'm never gonna like rats, but. <laughs> I felt like Idris Elba's character the entire time. Like, even at the end, when he finally was, like, reaching to pet it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, God, he's got to pet it. Oh, my God, that's me. And I was like, freaking out. I was like, and then he did it. And I was like, oh, my God. Stop. I just love when Sebastian tries to hand him a leaf. And he's like, why the fuck would I want a leaf? <laughs> <laughs> that part was so great. And it was really good to see, like, I've seen Idris Elba in comedic roles, but it hasn't been a while. It feels like he's been in a lot of just serious stuff lately. So it was nice to see him in, like, you know, uh, a character. He was sarcastic was... as fuck in, the, in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. But he was, he was like, 
serious but also funny. So you can was... you can definitely tell Idris Elba had fun in this role. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that probably was his real reactions when he told him the characters that right? that he'd be <laughs> working with. He's like, "That's just a fucking giant shark. What the fuck?" Wait, no, no. The the very first part was when Waller's taking him to meet everyone, and she's like, "Oh yeah, everybody has unique sets of abilities." And Baker <laughs> comes up, and he's like, "Are you kidding me? You just told me everybody's unique. This guy is me." <laughs> yep. okay. which in turn uh, which i think in turn was like a joke about the first suicide squad with because it's he's literally the stand-in for will smith in this movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah but honestly but better better, but better. Yeah. yes yeah. definitely better i loved will smith but i, I think they fleshed out blood sport a lot i better. like the well, the for sure. for, the foreshadowing they gave when they uh peacemaker and uh blood sport kind of have that little initial pissing contest when they're like in the cells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I'm talking about comment where he's like, "I'll use a smaller bullet." Yeah. And then Idris Elba's like character or Bloodsport yeah. uh, actually use that against him. I thought mm-hmm. that was so fucking good. Do you yeah. know it's crazy? There was another moment of for of, of, of foreshadowing that my fiance and my friends didn't actually pick up. Remember when they were on the bus and it was Bloodsport talking to Rat Girl and. Bloodsport was like, I'm going to get you out of here alive. And then she looks at him and was like, no, I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, she does. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Yeah. They promised they have... each other, I guess. This movie was so good. I'm, I'm going to watch it again after this. <laughs> so, good. so good. Right? And I, I feel like we have not talked about Harley. So I feel like we have to talk it's, about Harley. It's coming. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Let's go for it. But let me just say... I know I've seen a lot of people talking about how she doesn't have her growth from Birds of Prey, but I'd argue that she does. Oh, yeah. Because there was just that moment where she was with the guy for like five minutes, and I was like, okay, where, where's Harley going to turn on this guy? Because it's going to have to happen at some point. And when she shot him, I was like, oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> God we're not going back to what we were. Um, but she has she isn't in much of the movie, which I'm fine with. But what she is in is some of the strongest Harley stuff we've ever seen. Right. I agree. Definitely. So. Yeah. And um, coming from, I would say I'm a huge Harley fan. I've liked all iterations of her. My favorite is classic Harley, but I definitely love the modern Harley. Margot Robbie was a perfect uh, casting for this role um, in all the movies she's been in so far. Um, I absolutely agree with you, Bryce. I think, you know, I was very anxious when she met up with the guy at first, too. Uh, I sat there and I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. Because I see a lot of me and Harley. I always have. And, you know, that hopeless romantic aspect because, you know, um, you know, she still wants love. She still wants to be loved. And so for me, it was just very heartbreaking, like for like a split second, because I was like, oh, no, please don't fall back into some shitty trap or whatever. And but then the moment I knew that she was like looking around and she kind of made a, a comment to herself about who the guy was and realized, I knew that obviously she wasn't going to um, be written in that way. And I was like, thank you, James Gunn, for not doing that to her yes. because she's a lot stronger than that. And I'm glad <laughs> James that Gunn debated you. Yes, he, did. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> I fell for it. Yeah, I did. Not, not to mention her amazing speech. At, like yes. right after she shot him. Yes. Oh yeah, where well, she gave. I, oh, I literally just cried. like red flag thing. Chef's kiss. Yes. Yes. 
yes. I literally cried because I was just like, oh god. Oh, no. And then when she's hanging from the chains and they leave that guy alone with her and it's shot like a horror film, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. I actually, when she snaps his neck, I said, wow, what a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I actually really loved that. Like, uh, I think Bryce, you and I talked about this the other day. Um, that scene was really cool. It kind of brought us back to the original Suicide Squad, which she used to hang yeah. in her cell. It's like yeah. the first time you see her in the first one. Yep. And that, that kind of made me smile because... I, again, like I said earlier, I really love that movie still, and it was cool to see kind of some of the same like uh, callbacks to that. Yeah, I, I did like how they really played into her previous history of of knowing gymnastics as well. Like it's very apparent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. You know, a lot of it makes sense. Well, other than the fact that she's crazy, which makes a lot of sense, <laughs> but even the whole torturing thing, I feel like that's kind of like her background anyway from when she was a therapist or psychiatrist right. whatever she was because you have to be mentally strong i mean she wasn't but you have to be <laughs> mentally strong so like even that part she was just like she was just biding her time you know she was just waiting for a, a time to escape and then once she did it was oh it was great they had the flowers they had yeah. her dancing oh in God, the middle yes. room, just shooting people it was and oh something that i also love is I was uh, I wasn't counting the bullets, but she kept picking up weapons, which was great because sometimes somebody would take out a whole building with a pistol that has six rounds in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a major major grief that I have because I served in the military. So like every time I see any kind of movie where it's like somebody's doing that and they could easily pick up any rounds from any of the weapons they're using and or pick up the weapons themselves, I'm like. Come on now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hell, even a video game does that. Like, why can't you do that in a movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying carry around, like, 21 fucking AK-47, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying if your gun runs out of bullets, discharge that weapon, grab one with more bullets. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, even the ripped dress was, like, choking that guy out with it. That was fucking awesome. Yes. And using the the bars for the cells to smash the one guy's head face or whatever i i think that's probably the second time we've seen that scene because it reminds me of the part in uh birds of prey when she's in the police offices Mm -hmm. and the uh the 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 jail cells all give out yeah yep so it's like we're just seeing that scene reduxed yeah i funny enough i noticed like this weird pattern of whenever they're fighting some sort of henchman or whatever they the henchman gets hit in the face multiple times like the that whole thing with the with the iron gate and then when they're when peacemaker has that guy in like the, the prison bus oh, and keeps yeah. mapping him over and over again oh my god i look kept looking at teddy and i'm like oh my god <laughs> literally just kept going with that guy's like, head I was like, whatever oh, yeah i was dying that entire scene <laughs> That was so good. I'm like, holy shit, fucking Peacemaker. That was wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, another thing I wanted to mention about Harley was like, not only like was she stronger and, you know, kept her strength. Uh, another thing I did like about it was, yeah, like um, Bryce mentioned, no, she really wasn't in the movie a lot. And you know what about that is apparently uh, Wade told me, Wade from Big Heck and Wade Adventures told me that she was actually not even originally supposed to be part of this movie. Uh, he wanted me to note that. Um and so I find that interesting. Um, but another thing I wanted to say is I'm glad that she wasn't because we got to see 
the other characters in the spotlight a little more. Yeah. yeah. Anytime yeah. Harley is on screen, she kind of takes the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice to see her sit back on times and then just have her like little joke moments, like forgetting Milton. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Calling uh, Bloodsport Milton when it's yes. not his name. And, and the whole thing when they're all like kind of planning their attack on the big tower. She's like, you know, I'm pacing back and forth. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and once she escapes from the jail, like finding them trying to come in to get her and her being like, what are you guys doing? She's like, not- I can go back up there so you can continue <laughs> not, not to mention that cute moment with, with Rick Flag. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, we need to talk more about Rick. We need to talk about Rick, but yeah. we'll do that later. We can go into Rick. Oh, oh, can, okay. oh, this is going to be a hard oh. subject. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I know. But I do want to, I mean, it's a, it's such an interesting scene for Rick because in the first Suicide Squad, he was just a military mm-hmm. guy that was willing to do no matter what, much mm-hmm. like Waller. So the fact that as soon as he realizes the U.S. is the villain here, um, it's so interesting that he then thinks of the citizens and not of the country that he's supposed to be fighting for. Mm-hmm. And that he learns that his own country that he fought for lied to him. And that's what ends up pe- uh, setting him apart from Peacemaker, which is also just a crazy scene. Dude. Well, I wonder with that whole thing with uh, flags, flags change in, in demeanor. We don't know or do we know how far it was in between missions? Because there could have been several missions in between yeah. that that Flag ca- uh, uh, spearheaded. Because even when Savant came out, he was like, oh, this is your suicide squad. And he was like, oh, we don't actually call it that anymore. Yeah. So it could have been a good amount of time, and he just kind of softened up to the fact that, oh, well, maybe this isn't as cookie-cutter as I thought it was. Right. Yeah. And I mean... I- he probably I know... started to develop relationships with the people that he was, you know, going into these sh- shit situations with. So that's why I think him and Harley kind of have, like, their, like, relationship. And uh, Boomerang and him had their relationship, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, behind the scenes-wise, I know that uh, James Gunn and the actor, which I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Joel uh, Kinnaman. There you go. Um... James and Joel had like a conversation on starting Rick Flag with a blank slate again. Like it wasn't going to be the same Rick Flag that we knew in Suicide Squad. They were kind of free to start a whole new Rick, Rick Flag. So I think that might help in the sense of it feels different because it is different. Okay. Yeah, and honestly, I think part of his whole um, character arc too. I think it, it started in the beach. Because that's when he realizes that even he is expendable to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, what's uh, the point of fighting for this? One of the best moments in the movie is when her own fucking employees clocked her upside the head. <laughs> oh yes. I was so and, stressed. And then immediately told that one fucking dude to get the fuck out of their office. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was great. She's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Get the fuck out. Yeah, that was great. I mean, thank I, I loved for them. And I loved her. I loved all those employees too. I loved the at the beginning when they're just pl- placing bets on them. Yes. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that definitely happens in the office probably more often than they want to admit. It reminded me of uh of what what was that one movie, babe? Last, uh, not Last House on the Left, but uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. What I didn't like about that part though is the part that did kind of give me the like you know just really irked me was. I'm sure Waller has hasn't been the best boss, and whenever you know the one guy was like, "You're not really gonna do that to his daughter, are you?" Or you know, you know what I mean, like just mm-hmm. saying stuff like that. I was like, "You're really gonna help those kids, right?" And like, part of me is just like, you know that, you know what I mean. It's kind of like you know what she's about, like. Mm-hmm. She's not different from the last movie to this one. I mean, she's a little right. scarier, but like <laughs> her demeanor has always been the same. So it's so that part to me, and I get they were trying to lead up to the fact that they were going to knock her out or something, you know, or you know, trying to talk her out of it or whatever they wanted to do. And I know it was a lead up, but that part to me kind of, I don't know, it just felt weird every time he would like touch on it or like they would look at each other and be like, "Is she really going to do this?" And I'm just like. Yes, yes, she's really gonna. What do you mean? Yeah, because I'm sure there have been multiple other Suicide Squad and Task Force X up to this point that mm-hmm. I'm sure they've seen what Waller's willing to do to get done what needs to be done. Right, but my my what well, at least the way I took it was that they don't care about the criminals. Like, if it was just criminals involved in killing, like, militia or, like, guerrilla warfare or any of that, I don't think any of those people would bat a fucking eye. It's only because she said she, like, or she didn't respond when he said, you're not going to do that really to the children. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is everyone except for Peacemaker kind of has a moment where they talk about how they would never kill a kid. But Peacemaker and Waller are clearly willing to kill a kid which is kind of why it makes sense that peacemaker obviously ends up killing rick flag to appease waller yeah well and and even mentions that specifically like i you know i I do anything to maintain the peace whether that's killing any man woman or child that's sent to my way yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah which going back to uh rick flag um i (laughs) I liked him in the first movie, but I really liked him in this one. I feel like yep. his best part in the first one is Slipknot, the man that can climb anything. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. There was something about him, and I like almost like, I don't know. It just made me very sad that they killed him, but it also made sense. This was probably the death that affected me the most in the entire film like it had its point and it needed to be done Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of the one point where you kind of see peacemaker question if it was really worth it and if he's doing what he needs to do but then it immediately goes away as soon as he sees rat catcher but yeah it's and it's just such a gruesome death for rick but at least he got to call him a joke before he died yes yeah not gonna lie during the the post credit scene i i feel like i hallucinated because i was like wait is that rick same like, damn it I no, thought so it's, too. it's fucking peacemaker damn it uh, i knew it i knew who it was i was like oh well yeah the spinoff kind of like once they yeah. started talking about it i was like yeah this is john cena 
exactly because at the very at the very moment he gets shot and he starts bleeding out i actually like was like how the fuck is he gonna be in the the miniseries now like yeah kind of i thought we'd get from bleeding out through your throat you know true yeah it was was hard i i really enjoyed him in this and um so yeah that that death did suck yep um but what was really cool to me was during his fight with peacemaker the set the scene where you could see them fighting in peacemaker's helmet Mm -hmm. oh my god yes so cool i mean i just thought that was amazing um also wanted to touch on something cool that i liked about that i do love about james gunn movies is he uses music in a really good way too with his scenes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um especially (laughs) fucking harley with gigolo yeah, because um, she was singing as she was getting tased and things like that, but then they actually played the real song while she's like, you know, killing fucking everyone. walking down the hall, fucking two M sixteens <laughs> just bolt- mowing through those guys. Yeah, absolutely, and like, it just reminded me of like the fact that you know he uses music very well in the Guardians movies too, and I just really enjoyed that. Um, you know what else was really cool visually, and I don't know if you guys liked it, but like I did, was all the little. Uh, things he would make words out of for. Oh yes, like, uh, yeah. I absolutely love how they would do that. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be in the boat and say I don't like that because I didn't like when Marvel did it for like like half the Avenger things where they're like we're in Moscow now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like okay, cool. Like I guess, but it was better than them just putting like a f- stupid font, like, an impact like, font. Yeah, they exactly. Just need to put it. Period. I think the, the 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 viewers could infer at that point in time that the next mission would be Harley Quinn. You know, I mean, yeah. I would agree, but I love when it comes up and says Suicide Squad versus Starro and looks like a, <laughs> a comic book cover. Yes. That was really cool. Well, there were moments where it was good, like at the very beginning of the movie when they're on the beach or whatever, and that's Pete Davidson's character and it starts to bleed out or whatever, and then you see like the Suicide Squad. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. there were moments where it worked really nice, but like there were times where it was just used in a point where I felt yeah. like maybe James Gunn thought we were fucking stupid and could put two two together. <laughs> I mean, I like know. it's like no, we got one mission before, and like the smoke like wipes it out, and then it puts Harley, and I was like, I liked it. I I, mean, I, I, I thought it was very comic book. Yeah, and That's it also kind of brought yeah. me back to. Um, Ayer's version actually in a weird way because yeah. he did a lot of that like funky stuff on the screen so I, I really enjoyed it and there's a lot of moving parts in this film so it kind of helps you keep track of it like I don't think they think the viewer is stupid but it does help you kind of keep track of where you're at because there's yeah. a lot of moving parts there's you're going in the future and then going back to see things happen. And well, I mean, that. if they do like one week ago or something like that, or like, yeah. you know, how it leads up to it. Like I said, there are moments where it's really done well, but then there are also moments in that same movie where it's not done well. And it yeah. feels like they're like, hey, you know, guys, like Tarantino does it too, where it's like uh, in some of his movies where it's like the next, this chapter is called blah, blah, blah. And it's like... <laughs> what is this a book now like i i I don't need to know that like just get on with the movie like yeah yeah i can see your point of view on that yeah 
I just I just liked it. I thought it was cute. I like, if it. you're literally saying we gotta go get Harley, that would be way better than fucking putting up, like, a, a fucking goddamn infographic behind them that says, <laughs> we've gotta go get Harley. Like, I just thought it was cool <laughs> visually, personally. I just thought it was fun. Like, effects-wise, they were done really nice. Like, they were creative. But I'm just, like, not a fan, per se, of, like, having them in the yeah. same way. I'm not way... Uh, I'm not a fan of having them in the Avengers movies or, like I said, Tarantino's, like, this chapter's called Daisy Darmagoo Has a Secret, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's literally a chapter in that movie, but okay, you're right. <laughs> and can I just say, there were at least five different times I thought King Shark died. Right? And then he continued to come back, and I was like, thank God, but you're stressing me out here. I'm, glad you <laughs> I'm trying to kill the precious boy. I'm glad you yeah. brought him up. I wanted to talk about him next, actually. King Shark was the character that brought me the most stress in that movie. Yes. Him and Sebastian. Any Sebastian scene, I was like, please, God. <laughs> Don't let him die. Alone, please. Do not let the beautiful, adorable rat die. I yeah. I thought he was getting lit up by those guys, and he was dead at that point, but no. Same. Like the little creatures, he was just bouncing. No, no. Um, so when the creatures attack him or whatever, and he falls to the ground or whatever, like the 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 military or whatever. Oh, gotcha. uh, They're they're shooting at him, Mm -hmm. but his skin is so tough because he's a shark; it's just bouncing the bullets off. Yeah. But my brain thinks in real life military terms, and my line of thinking is: well, bullets could easily pierce that, given you know hollow points and. you know stuff of that nature but i was like oh my god thank god he survived <laughs> well i first thought he died when the creatures gra- attacked him and oh, then yeah, there was that him. big pool of water or blood coming out and i was like oh damn he just got killed by his friends yeah um, i was sad by that because he was like haha dumb friends and i was like <laughs> oh you're such a special boy <laughs> probably saying the same thing haha dumb friend <laughs> Um, from what I've read, actually, too, is uh, he Nanawe, uh, he was born in Hawaii, essentially. So from what I understand and just reading some backstory on the character, um, his father was, you know, the, like basically a shark god. So he, mm-hmm. he is essentially, from what I understand, a demigod. So maybe that's why he was able to sustain all those injuries and like last that long. Yeah, I mean, um, he's in the same type of situation that aquaman is and Mm -hmm. so bullets don't penetrate aquaman either because of that so it's just the same type of situation ah okay yeah because that had me nervous too when he came out of the building and everybody was just shooting the shit out of him and i'm like well once he hit the ground he looked like in an odd shape and i was like well damn he died again and then he didn't and then they shot him and i was like damn he died again and then he did (laughs) it and then he got thrown in the building by Starro, and I was like, damn, he died again. And then he did it, and I was like, oh my god, what is happening? Stop playing with my heart. The building. Yeah. Like, they did a loud thump whenever he fell off the building. I was like, oh, yeah. geez. That's that, sounds like a, that sounds like a death thump. Oh, no, yeah. I, I was very stressed about him the whole time. Yeah. Because he was just, he's like a cinnamon roll that needed to be protected. Like, he even made the little bomb into Peacemaker. <laughs> I know yeah. that made me so fucking sad. Like oh, I was like, like, look like me. I'm like shut up. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, they're bonding. Maybe he isn't gonna be a dick. Maybe he's gonna soften up. And then he's uh, like, nope. bitch, you thought. <laughs> I my favorite 
King Shark sequence is just a small sequence, but it's when he's in the car under the covers and he's just seeing like all the humans and how they interact and all the friends and like relationships. And I was like, oh, my sweet boy. Mm-hmm. I know. Or when he was sitting in the back because he couldn't go in the club. I was crying. <laughs> I was crying. I, I appreciate the fact that they cut to him just sitting there. Yes. He, he Give was him still, the mustache. He was, <laughs> he was still dancing to the music, too. Yes, he was. He's he so cute. He's like, you know what? I may not be there physically, but I'm there in spirit. And in the club, when I think it's Peacemaker, and he's like, you forgot a drink for... The Sebastian. I was like, oh, it's like you bastard! Don't you tempt me? Yeah, right. And then he drank from it later. Yep. (laughs) Um, yeah. So like, King Shark's great. I I'm not a big Sylvester Stallone fan to be honest, but I think he did a great job, you know, with what he did. Um, And (laughs) I found out something interesting too is the actor who played like the King Shark suit was actually the guy who played John, which was the guy who was inside uh, Amanda Waller's office. Uh, Hmm. The main, the main guy was like the beard and the glasses. Whoa, Um, that's really cool. Because when I looked up IMDb, it said uh, he was him and Sylvester Stallone played King Shark. Yeah, and what's funny with James Gunn and Sylvester Stallone is James Gunn came to him. And it was like, I wrote this part, part specifically for you. And Sylvester Stallone was like, okay, what is it? And James Gunn was like, it's a big, chubby, life shark, uh, life-size human shark that is, like, stupid. And Sylvester <laughs> Stallone was like, okay, cool, I'll do anything for you. <laughs> I love that. He's like, I, I will die for that shark. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> I do love the fact that they gave him pants. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> yes. all those little pants had, like, little designs on them, and they were all so cute. They are, I, they are killing it, by the way, with their portrayals of King Shark lately in the yes. DC. Yes. Uh, because he's also fantastic. Uh, Ron Funches does an amazing job as King Shark in the in the show, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say, anytime Ratcatcher and King Shark were in the same scene, I got so excited about like what was going to happen and what their interactions were going to be like. Yeah. Because they became like BFFs, and it was so cute. I loved it. Yeah, I love when she's like, what type of costume would you have? And he's like, fake mustache. <laughs> and then I love how he has a little, like, he puts it on his finger. Yeah, he puts it yes. on his finger or whatever, and he goes, nope, still looks like you. <laughs> still look like a giant shark. Yeah, I'm really glad they brought King Shark to this film, because that was one of the characters I actually missed in the first one. I was hoping he would have been in it. Um, just because I've seen and read some of the comics and seen some of the like animated movies about Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. I was really hoping that King Shark would have been in the, the prior movie, but I was so glad they brought him into this one. And also, oh my god, a... he looks so much fucking better than fucking King Croc did. I, I was about god. to say, he yeah. is yeah. a step up from Killer Croc. Absolutely. Big time. Yeah. Now, Killer Croc's makeup was cool, in my opinion, and I like the actor, but they made him stereotypical, and I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, so. I did, I never liked the fact that it was just you could tell it was just a guy in a suit. They never really went like yeah. full crocodile. I think right. True. Yeah. Well, he true. he's like, he has like more reptilian features like in the comics and stuff. So I don't yeah. know why they didn't necessarily even give him prosthetics to like maybe like extend his like jaw length or yeah. something. To make yeah, him just more something. Reptilian. Yeah, something to make him more crocodile. Mm-hmm. It just he was like I like the actor. Don't get me wrong, the actor who yeah. plays him, I love him. Yeah. But like, 
that makeup that they fucking had for him was not good. Yeah. I know uh, Bryce wanted to touch on, and I kind of want to talk about it too, because I want to hear everyone's thoughts on The Thinker, uh, Peter Capaldi. Oh. <laughs> so, Bryce, do you want to take this one? Sure. Um, <laughs> so, The Thinker was something that I was interested about when like the film was being advertised. Because I thought he was going to be a bigger role than what he is. But it seems like his only role in the entire film is to reveal the twist that the U.S. has been testing on Starro this entire time. And kind of to give that exposition. And then he dies. Um, which is just weird to me because they made such a big deal out about him in the first half of the movie. And I guess the whole point of this film is like, you have expectations and those expectations don't happen. But I just felt like they misused the thinker. I feel like you could take the thinker out of this and it would be the same movie. The reason why he's probably not in it more is probably because they could not afford the doctor for any longer. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my thing about him, and I've told Bryce this and Cece earlier, uh, it absolutely feels to me like he was just playing the doctor with like syringes stuck in his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it was the doctor with a bad Hellraiser cosplay. <laughs> like, uh, it's no shame on Peter Capaldi because I absolutely fucking love Peter Capaldi. But like, I don't know. It. I don't like when you go into another role and it seems like you're reprising the same character. You know? Yeah. And I mean, Peter Capaldi did good with what he was given in it. Oh but... yeah, he Peter Capaldi is a fantastic actor. I loved him as the Doctor, but it was like... just like it felt like the Doctor. Yeah, and the thinker, at least in the comics, has uh, ability to mind control people, which I'm guessing is the whole reason he was so interested in Starro, but we never got to see that really come to fruition or anything. He just had, <laughs> like, electric stuff in his head. Yeah, we had to just kind of believe that he did these things. We never yeah. saw it in action, and that was kind of, that could have been a good opportunity to have at least a weird scene of some sort. The way, yeah, because... The way I thought of it was, like, the reason why he said he was so needed in order to control uh, Starro was because, you know, it was a coup. And, like, the military generals and this new dictator were, you know, killing people for less. So he had to make himself seem more appeasable, so he just lied to them, saying, I'm the only one who can control this beast. When, it, you know, in that movie, they proved that not even he could. But, well, uh, sorry, you can go. Oh, no, oh, no. I, I was just going to say the only thing that didn't make sense to me in the movie until you guys just now started talking. At the end, when he gets ripped apart by Starrow, he looks at him and he's like, I know what you're thinking and I'm sorry. So maybe he was alluding to that. Maybe that's a deleted scene somewhere that we don't yeah. see where it has a flashback of him mind controlling because it makes sense because why would sorrow just if he knows he's being tested on right why would right. he uh and, do his little kid thing <laughs> yeah and clearly thinker has done something to sorrow because when you first meet like the sorrow zombies uh, and how he speaks to them he talks about how the suicide squad's there to free him and that like the thinker has done horrible things to Starro. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like I, talking about it. 
I loved the look of the Star Wars zombies. It was very much yeah, like fifties atomic B movie type stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that when they t- tried to take the starfish off the face or whatever, like it like dissolved what was behind the f- the starfish parts. Very alien. Yeah. yeah. That was also very gory too. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. That was great. I. It's funny, you, you think about this movie, the villain's a giant starfish, and then it's got little starfish like on your faces and stuff. You think it sounds like really stupid, but it was actually really cool. It kind of worked well with this movie, I think. Yeah, yeah it's really creepy. Can we also say that Starro is like the cutest kaiju? Right? <laughs> with all his bright colors and his giant eye. Oh my god, when he got killed and he was the like... End. Yeah, and he was like, I would just had, I was fine staring at the stars. I was like, oh, oh you poor thing. African oh. <laughs> Americans, this is what we do. We turn everything bad. <laughs> it's true. Waller is the true <laughs> villain of this film. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah she's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's. Uh, oh. We wanted to talk about Polka Dot Man a little bit more. <sighs> Polka Dot Man. Oh, my Gay God. Gay icon. Yeah. He is. Gay <laughs> icon. Yeah. He had a interesting connection with Milton that I wish we could have explored a little he bit more. Too. <laughs> he straight up said, like, after he was, like, telling, describing who he was to Harley, he did say something that really stuck out to me. And it was, like, I, I, I loved him from the moment I saw him or I liked him from the moment I saw him or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that honestly really gave me gay vibes and I loved it. Also, I think it's the only time he in- attacks instinctively without yeah. having to think about his mom. He just saw Milton dead and he <gasps> immediately like... He just went at it, house. yeah. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But also... When he threw the polka dots at the rest of the guys, I completely forgot the bombs were on the floor until Harley screamed no. Mm-hmm. And that stressed me out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you said, um, Bryce, because you, you said you know like from the comics he wasn't really much of a like a fleshed out character at all, right? Yeah, I mean, in the comics he has the same type of suit and he just takes the polka dots off the suit and is able to weaponize them. It's not like a He's like polka alien... dot gambit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like an alien thing that's inside of his body that's helping him do this. And he didn't get tested on went to become a superhero. So the fact that he's I think Gary said it on Twitter, he's basically a disabled character and it's about overcoming your disability and your trauma from your childhood. Mm-hmm. Which is I think kinda why it's upsetting the way he dies is because yeah. he has a great arc and then we just kill him as soon as his arc dies yeah, yeah. i agree i i really felt like um oh come on that scene though was fucking great <laughs> him fucking just wailing and it was I'm like the giant superhero. Um, kaiju level karen there <laughs> yeah. oh yeah his fucking mom yes. um but no, like I feel like his character was really uh, important in the sense of the way like he was written, um, like you said to over. I would say you know overcome you know, trauma and mental health issues and yeah. and things like that. And so for me, you know, and for a lot of us, you know, um, being you know anxious millennials, I feel like we could relate <laughs> to that a lot. So yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, 
Do we know what his crime was? I don't remember what his was. Hmm. I think it might have been killing his mom. Oh, I wonder. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think he does mention that at one point that he does kill his mom. And, like, that's why, like, every time he sees her, he just kills her over and over again. Yeah. Like, something like that, yeah. Yeah, because he said said the only time, like, I was able to ever kill somebody was because they looked like my mom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So... I hate how they made fun of him at the beginning when Calendar Man is just like, hey, you want to come to my kid's birthday party? (laughs) It was very high school bully type thing. I do love that they brought in Calendar Man just for that, like, (laughs) quick second, though. Yeah, right? Another Sean Gunn uh, moment. Yes, and then immediately after, I think, is when you see Weasel licking the... (laughs) Licking the glass. like, right there. Yes, he's so precious. He kills kids. Yes. Um, something fun I just read up on actually about um, uh, Polka Dot Man. So the actor, I cannot say his last name. If anyone knows how to say it, Desmalty. Some some sort of the D. Desmalchian. I don't know. Desmalchian. Uh, yeah. Apparently, unbeknownst to James Gunn, he has vitiligo, um, and he said that he felt a personal connection to the character for reasons including being bullied and called polka dots as a child. Oh. oh. Yeah, isn't that ironic? That's crazy. Like, what? Uh, I found that interesting. I hope that's true. It's on Wikipedia. Uh, so it might not be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I found that interesting uh, as we were talking about him. But yeah, I, I think it was a one of the best uh, fleshed out characters. And I was yes. very sad to see his death because yeah. I feel like we just start to love him and then that happened. Yeah, it was great how fleshed out him, Bloodsport, and rat catcher too where yes i would say they're probably the three um and we can move on to rat catcher because um <sighs> the heart of the about, film exactly and i want to talk about who plays her dad because i love taika watsisi <laughs> yeah it was so great and even though he was in it for a small second i cried during that scene it's a like cute, very cute scene same <laughs> it really was yeah and it was very like personal and like yeah you know, and yeah um so I, like I said, I don't like rats, but I fell in love with this character, um, and Sebastian, and, uh, <laughs> she, she was great, and, um, I know, you know, I wanted to say something about Jess, because I really wanted Jess to talk on this, but she told me to mention something for her, like, this character, she hasn't related to a character in a really long time, so she, cause she's a rat lover, and, uh, so that's one reason, and she, just seeing her, like, because she sat in front of us at the theater and just seeing her like jump up and you know get so excited for her and the fact that you know she told me after the show she was like I hope so many rats get adopted now and and people really learn to appreciate rats and yeah and stuff like that and it's hard for me to say that because I it's not that I don't I just do have a fear I mean it's just a weird fear and I know a lot of people have fears of like spiders and they can't say why they do they just do and that's kind of like me with rats but I tried to be understanding of people who love them and because they're such a hated creature I try to be understanding um Mm -hmm. and I feel like this movie is going to really make that happen for people so yeah I think especially with that Taika Waititi scene it gives you a very interesting introspective on rats and what their purpose is and what they are. But it I felt, really love this character. <laughs> it felt to me very similar to like the Lion King circle of life type conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, this character is great. I, it was an interesting thing that like they kept making a millennial joke because she kept sleeping. Um, and I ended up kind of thinking more about it. And I think we talked about it a little bit last night, but, uh, it's kind of how rats act. She acts how rats act because that's all she's kind of been around. That's her family outside of her dad and Sebastian's her family. Um, so she kind of sits around, has always been on streets or in sewers and is consistently sleeping like a rat. So it's an interesting thing where, yes, it's a joke, but it's also a very important part of that character in the end. Oh, yeah. So... I, I do have to say, too, just from, like, the technical standpoint, um, when she is describing her backstory, I love how they use the, the window as, like, a, oh like a projector God, yeah. screen almost. Yes. Because yeah. it kept you in that scene with the actress mm-hmm. to see her emotions and still allowed you to kind of see that visually. Yeah, that was a really cool technical aspect. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I just thought she was great. Yeah, and she's the one that saves the day in the end. Yeah. So. She's the most, um, how do you say? She's the most, I guess, not human. She's the most good, I guess, out of all of the characters if we had yeah. to make a character, uh, uh, say that, even though she's technically a supervillain. I, I still don't get that. Like, so she only just robbed the bank? Like, what the heck? And she's locked <laughs> up in there? I know. <laughs> yep. Or 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 is it the fact that she can control rats and they are afraid of that that she's there? Probably. I think they said it's because they consider the rats a weapon because yeah. she can use them. Yeah, so. it's a, it's a whole like meta human thing aspect yeah. kind of thing about it. And this is the one time I was genuinely afraid of a character dying, probably because it just happened after Rick Flag. But when Peacemaker was hovering over for her for like those five minutes and oh. she was begging him and Sebastian was begging him, mm-hmm. I was like, how? I genuinely didn't see any way out of it. So I'm glad we got a way out of it, but it was terrifying. Oh. And the way out of it was just so unexpected and funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's way so Bloodsport looks up at him and he's like, You have some serious right now? I knew it. I knew you were. Yeah. <laughs> the whole. <laughs> I love the connection between Ratcatcher 2 and Bloodsport and how he views her as, like, his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's such a good story. Yeah. Because the scene with him and his daughter in the beginning was a little rough. Like, yeah. That was, that was sad. Like, they were just going off on each other. Like, ugh. So I'm glad that he kind of learned to... Be a dad. Yeah, stand up. Well, and... mm-hmm. what's interesting is... He tells his daughter he's never a dad, and he tells uh, Waller he'll never be a leader, and by the end, he becomes both. Oh, yeah. She even tells him. She's like, I told you I'd make you a leader. Yep. That was great. Yeah. But that's normally how how it is, right? People are... What is it? it it's, I, I, it's, I can't remember the phrasing, but... It's something that they use in uh, Harry Potter as well. There's like the person most most suited for it is the person that doesn't want it or doesn't think that they uh, yeah. deserve right. it or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just going to come natural for them instead of working for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, am I missing anything that anyone wants to also talk about? 
Um, I think we went through at least most of the main characters. Or you yeah. Know. Um, I do want to shout out that uh, I called out two things that were true. Uh, <laughs> I knew Pete Davidson was gonna be the first one dead. <laughs> unfortunately. Actually, Weasel was technically the first one. Okay, dead. technically, but not if you watch the end of the movie. Weasel <laughs> not dead, as we see at the end of the movie, and that was the other thing that I called is that Weasel wasn't dead the entire time. Well. Did he die? Because I think that's why he doesn't get blown up at the end is because it came up as dead on the bomb tracker. So they couldn't blow him up even if they wanted to because it was no longer active. So I, I wonder if he that. died and then came back to life, which is why he's able to get away. <gasps> is that how that works? Ooh, I'm be guessing cool. because it seemed like every time they died, like their light would shut off. It's like there was no use for the bomb at that yeah, point. Yeah, like he activated or something. Yeah, so it might go off after like heartbeat. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. I did. I did love the fact that he immediately goes into the water, drowns, and, and Riggs yes. like, did nobody bother to check to see if Weasel could swim? <laughs> oh my god! And the way know. his his noise when he's drowning kills me. Oh my god! Saved him. Like I yes, I was gonna say. I was going to say, I give major props to Savon for being nice enough to at least try and save him. Well, it's an intro. There's like a quick Savant story arc because he builds, he kills a bird that he has no sympathy for at first, but then he saves this creature that is like the most ugly, disgusting thing on earth. <laughs> so it's weird. Maybe because the bird is not his teammate and he thinks that, Maybe. you know, weasels need it alive, I guess. I mean, I love that the same type of bird comes back and eats from his body. Oh, that was yeah. one that was of his great. family members. Somebody got a note. <laughs> Somebody got a note or a feather or something. Somebody knew. I mean, if crows can learn to hate uh, a particular human over generations, then why couldn't that bird? Yeah, That's apparently. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you murdered my brother and now you shall die. <laughs> 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 oh man yeah so like uh we could say a lot we could talk forever um but we will probably cut it here what what, what i would do want to ask everyone kind of a last minute thing not last minute but as the last thing that we talk about is uh we don't really usually do ratings on the show but i might start it um so out of let's see what should we say out of like five bullets, starfish, bullets. starfish, starfish, starfish. Right. <laughs> so out of five starfish, what would you rate this film? We're gonna start with Teddy. Oh, uh, um, I'm gonna say four point five. Okay. I guess. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. It felt like, uh, as it was said earlier. Uh, you know, like it was a Marvel movie, but in DC clothing. So, I mean, it's more palatable for, you know, people who may not be experienced in DC. Mm -hmm, sure. um, I liked it. I mean, I outside the one complaint about had about like where they would put those, uh, you know, chapter cards or whatever. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. I laughed and I laughed hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bryce. Um, I will also probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. There's minor things I could probably go deeper and complain about, 
but in the end, I had a lot of fun with it. I really grew to connect with these characters and relate with all these characters outside of Peacemaker. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I really love this film, and I I am seeing it again uh, in Friday in Dolby Cinema, so I'm very excited. Yes. All right. Oh, um, also a fun fact. I just thought about this, so this is late. But there's a, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's an aspect ratio to the film where just a little bit is taken off on the sides to expand the top and bottom because most of the action, uh, most of the action happens top and bottom instead of side to side. So there is an interesting aspect ratio. I noticed that about halfway through the movie. Huh. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. I'll look at that next time. All right. Um, Yusuf. Um, so I'm not going to give it the 4.5. I think I'm just going to give it a four for this one. Okay. Um, I, I agree with Bryce about the whole thing with the thinker and how he's not really, he's just there for the sake of pushing the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that outside of Starro, who's kind of just trying to do his thing, like he's not maliciously evil. There's really no definable villain in this movie. Except for maybe Amanda Waller. The U.S. Waller. government. The U.S. government, yes. There's a lot of them, that's the thing. There's too many. Like, there's too yes. Many people. Yeah. yeah, it's... Oh my god, when the dictator lit the birds on fire. Oh god. That hurt. That's a monster. Yeah, that's a monster. Yeah. Hearing them scream was scary. Yes, mm-hmm. it was so sad. Yeah. At least I appreciate the fact that they didn't like try to show like CGI birds burning or something. I'm like, all right, I I, thank you for that at least. I just wish Harley would have seen like the carnage and then wrecked shit. Yeah, true. Um, Laquita. Um, I don't want to be the person to give the same rating, but I I honestly have to give it a four point five. Is it's so good? Like I went into the movie because. Like I said, I'm not particularly a DC fan, but I do like good good movies, right? I like the first Suicide Squad. I love Birds of Prey, you know, so I was like, I gotta yes. go see this. <laughs> um, and I just think, even from, because, okay, so I've seen a, another movie, real quick story. story. So COVID <laughs> is a thing. Going to movie theaters wasn't a thing for the past year. I went to my first movie last month Fast Nine. It was an action movie movie with no continuity. Nothing (laughs) made sense. Nothing connected. What I loved about this movie is it was rated R, of course, because they wanted to do their gore and their vulgarity and show penises and all that (laughs) stuff, right? So (laughs) that was was great. But what I really loved is I felt like every, uh, probably not everything, but most of the things connected even down to the end, because part of me was like, okay, well, when well when she wakes up, she's just going to kill everybody. But then he does his little blackmail thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm like, it really tied it up nicely, and it didn't leave anything to my immediate um, attention that was annoying me. And I, I really just love Weasel and King Shark. <laughs> oh, they're all 
all just amazing. So I have to give it a 4.5. That's a 90. That's an A. You pass. All right, DC, I'm back in. <laughs> Thank you, James Gunn. Uh, yes. Uh, They're going to have go. to share him like two step parents, like right. when they uh, would, or parents when they go through a divorce or whatever. It's my weekend with him. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, oh, I just love him. Like, come on. The man did Scooby Doo. The man did. Guardian. Oh, my God. Like, yes. hello? Okay. Oh, my God. I forgot. That's right. He'd written the Scooby Doo movies. Yeah, Holy yes. shit. I completely forgot about that. Yep. 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 I just I love him. I think he's great. Uh, he I also was involved with the the Dawn of the Dead remake as well. Yeah, that I did know about. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I I just love him and fuck the haters. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and I think he did a good job with Harley. So fuck the haters. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm gonna also go with the majority and give it a four point five. Uh, you can. It's hard to give anything a five, and that's just because there can always be things that can be fixed or changed or whatever. Um, I would say the biggest reason is because of, like Bryce said, the thinker whole thing. I think that was a little bit uh, vague, and it wasn't really almost even needed because they could have given him more. Um, yeah. So that was my biggest like complaint, I guess you'd say. Um, but I loved the music. I loved everything else about it. Uh, I wish I could give it a five, but I'm trying to be a little bit more subjective and, and, and things like that, so... All right. Well, thank you, everybody. What I'm going to do now is have everyone plug any projects or anything they want to talk about um, from here on. Uh, so, Teddy, like you're in our lineup here first. So if you want to go ahead and plug your show. Uh, yeah. So me and uh, Cecilia, as well as my friend Kyle, uh, we are all working together on a podcast, a.k.a. Uh, from Beyond the Crypt. CC is our editor for it. Um, but if you do want to follow us, uh, we do cover cryptids and creepypastas and urban legends, stuff like that. Um, our Twitter is at FBTC Podcast. All right. Any, you want to tell us about anything coming up on it that you know about that you're going to be doing? Uh, Cheesy's World Part 3 is coming out soon. We did a full-on series uh, based off of a crypty, uh, creepypasta called Cheesy's World. It was silly sounding because it's obviously a play on like Chuck E. Cheese. But reading the series, getting our live reactions, it was a really fun time. And the third episode, which is the final in the story, uh, will be coming out on Wednesday. Awesome. All right, Brace. All right. Uh, if you want to follow me and keep me up, keep up to date with me. If you want to talk rat catch and polka dot man, uh, I'm at Dorietti on Twitter. I'm a, a one fourth uh, a quarter of Reflections of Fear, which is dealing with horror and Halloween horror nights. But also, we might be branching out to other films, but we shall see. Uh, but you can follow us all at Reflect Fear Pod. I know Friday. We should have a long music episode that we had guest with uh, Catacombs Hunter and Grim Grinning Hosts. But yeah, that'll be a fun one. That's a long one where we just nerd out about music and horror films. Awesome. I can't wait to listen to that one. And Yusef. Uh, yes. So uh personal wise just if you want to follow me on twitter you can find me on uh, at it be yousef. um i just post literally the most random shit on there whatever <laughs> just comes to mind same 
And then I am also one half of the podcast Sounds from the Grave, which I run with my lovely co-host Vanya. You can find her on uh, Twitter as well as HHN Cultus. And we pretty much discuss just all kinds of things horror. Right now we're on a whole HHN thing because it is haunt season and, and HHN is HHN. Yes. So. But outside of that, we do other horror-related stuff, um, whether it's uh, movies, music. Mm. We're trying to branch out into some other stuff, like maybe books or even video games. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, you can follow us on that. Awesome, awesome. And last but not least, Laquita. Hello. I, uh, I, I don't even know. I do a little bit of everything, whatever sparks my interest at the time. Um <laughs> <laughs> So uh, if you want to follow me, uh, I, I uh, just search up Luna26X like anywhere, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitch, WordPress. I have a blog. Like yeah, just search so. that up. You can you you can find me all over the internet. Um, but uh, I would like to say thank you for having me on your podcast, DC. Thank you, everyone. I was very nervous. This is uh, like my Aww. second podcast, so I was so nervous and i was like oh uh dc fans let me make sure <laughs> let me make let me make sure i'm not getting uh strung up out here uh no, but you're yeah. natural never no <laughs> you're a natural um so yeah thank you guys again all for coming on um this has been really fun um i will hope to have you guys on in the future of course and now that we have an episode coming out for the first time in months. Uh, hopefully I can get back on this show and get it running and get it moving on the ball here. So, all right. So everyone, thank you for listening. Um, I shall hopefully be back uh, bi-weekly. Um, so since this episode should be coming out, I'm trying to remember how I, what days I even put these episodes out before in the past. <laughs> but anyway, just, just keep an eye out. Um, follow me at, C Y. Hold on, I fucking forgot my thing. Hold on. <laughs> Lol. Give me a second. Whatever. <laughs> what am I? C Y A T M. So see you at the movies. Pod on Twitter and uh, keep your eyes there because that's where I'll mostly be posting things. All right. Thanks again, guys, and we will see you at the movies. Bye. 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 And just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling his romance. Oh, the same. There will come a day 